Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We have a live event today. It's kind of quiet right now, but it's going to get busier today because I'd like to say welcome to the Super Bowl. Yes. It's not that Super Bowl, no, though. No. Okay. This has lots of food. There's a lineup of crock pots and instant pots in front of us today. <laughs> I'm very excited. Welcome it to. It smells very good, too. It does. <laughs> so it's the S O U P E R. The soup herbal. Yes. Um, we are excited to be supporting Concordia Seminary Food Bank today. And we'll chat about that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us today for the first KFUO Super Bowl, Mike Broberg, his Administrator of Residential Services at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Mike, welcome to the coffee hour. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, do you feel like you're at the Super Bowl with the like the nice commentator head, headset? Like the, it, it's yeah. The like, action is slow. The action is slow. It's not a big game here at the Super Bowl. But. Yes, but I think the fans are coming. And uh, soup usually happens around noon in my life, uh, more than at 9 a.m. Uh, so we'll see. We, we've got a lineup of soups around uh, one of our meeting rooms here at the International Center as um, staff and guests here at the International Center will be making their way in throughout the day to enjoy some nice hot soups on a, well, not as cold day. No, it's going to be but, 70 today. <laughs> when we started planning for a soup or bowl, it was like 15 degrees, right? It was it pretty was cold. right around yeah. zero. We were like, hey, it's going to be soup weather. Yeah. Yeah. Through February, obviously. Mike, what's the ideal soup weather for? Uh, what's the ideal weather for soup for you? Um, my bride doesn't cook it until we get to sort of a November through February, typically. So mm. I, I think our preference is uh, just around freezing, and then soup sure. seems to work its way into the menu, and then it disappears for seven or eight months. <laughs> so. Uh, now, mm -hmm. I, I have a favorite soup that's like a comfort food. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about our favorite soups in a little bit. Do, do, does soup serve as a comfort food for, for you, Mike? Does Boy, yes, I, I think uh, uh, my mother only made Campbell's chicken noodle soup, <laughs> and so I don't think it's comfort. I would probably choose uh, distraction or unpleasant moments. It, you know, there was not a homemade soup experience. Uh, perhaps I'm old and we didn't have crock pots or something, but it, it, uh, soup has always been a Campbell's can until I got married. And then I found mm -hmm. out you can actually make your own soup, which was quite a new experience for me. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of cans of soup, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the Seminary Food Bank in just a moment and, and how folks can support the Food Bank at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Tell us about your role and how you serve the students at Concordia Seminary here in St. Louis. Yeah, thank you. My my goal is to help students succeed. And so it's a big swath, but it's actually um, a lot of hands-on contact. I oversee those who sleep and live on campus, and then I also work with uh, some services for those people who are on campus. So uh, the resell it shop or the food bank or uh, meal service or things like that. So um, I, my my every day I hope to make a difference and help people succeed and and it seems like a real treat to be able to do that um, uh, at the seminary. So where do students live while they're studying 
at the seminary? Are they on campus? Are they off campus? Yeah. Are they kind of all over the place? Yeah, they, they can do either. Um, we have 75 families who live on campus in apartments, and then we have uh, just about 60 single students who live in dorms. And the 60 students um, live in dorms and have a meal plan on campus. And then the married students, um, I suspect there's about uh, 100 children in addition to uh -huh. the 75 students and spouses. So, so the population in our married area is a couple hundred. Mm -hmm. And then uh, our singles is about 60. What does life look like when you're a married student at Concordia yeah. Seminary in St. Louis? Like paint that picture for us. You're yeah. packing up your family moving probably some, yeah. you know, all the way across the country, maybe some around the world to yeah. come to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Um, what is it like just uh, maybe even just the, those first few months getting started as a student with a family at Concordia Seminary? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's both exciting because they've heard a call and they know that's what they're supposed to do. But the reality of we're changing our life and yeah. we're moving and everything's new. And if we have children, what kind of schools and, and uh, where do I go shopping and um, who are my friends? All those things come, come back to uh, be challenges. I really, I think we have some that are uh, young, right out of undergraduate getting married. And so it's still an adventure and exciting and let's go on a field trip to St. Louis. <laughs> but then we have others who are second career who have uh, been very successful and done lots of other things, but they've always known in their heart that they should be doing seminary and they want to be a minister. And so they come too, but they've had full lives, full houses, all kinds of things. So the, so the moving from a four bedroom, large home to a three bedrooms, tiny apartment is kind of the adjustment that they have to run into. Mm -hmm. What are some of the needs that these families have when they move onto campus, when they pick up their lives, move to St. Louis, move into housing here? What are some of those needs that, that we may not think of? Yeah, I think in, in some ways it's it's like all of us. I think it's about relationships and it's resettling. And, and do people know me? I've left a place where people have known me and, and have uh, I have deep relationships. And so there's a start. But if you're going to move somewhere, moving into a neighborhood of seminarian families is not a bad place to move. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> seminarians make wonderful neighbors. And uh, and so quickly you find out that people are helping you move in. And uh, the first day people show up with a moving truck. And then there are five different people that show up that that show up to help them move in. So right away, it's a it's a it's a pretty tight community. Your children will will intermingle and and you have a safe feeling like I know they're out there within four apartments. I don't know which one, but they're <laughs> but they're having a great time. And so it's it really is pretty quick how fast they get interconnected. Yeah, I could see how that would be an important part of of, of developing that new sense of community, you know, moving to a, a new community and having meeting your new neighbors, everybody kind of in the same boat, everybody moving in around the same time, um, whereas those who've maybe been there for a year or so, also welcoming students yeah. who, are, who are new students who are coming in. Yeah. I know that chapel plays an important role in the life of the community at the seminary, certainly as they gather around God's word for chapel. What are other mm -hmm. aspects of seminary life that really help develop that sense of community for the students? Yeah, I, I think uh, when they first move in, we have Friday gatherings in the evening, and it's, it's some of it is is the barbecue is ready, bring your own meat, and others of it are activities for the, the, the families or the kids or that kind of thing. So, so they start right away as a, uh, 
as a place where they're not alone and everyone's in the common experience. We're all focused on seminary or supporting our spouses who are in seminary. And so um, I think in general, it takes really just just a few days to say, okay, there's good people here and this is the right place. And they're reminded overall, I think God's call on their life is, is the motivation for them to come. And they all have that same sense, which um, when my wife and I moved into a, an apartment a number of years ago, we didn't have anything in common with our neighbors <laughs> other than we happened to share a, a similar address. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and so the seminary community really comes together. Um, one of the other pieces that's a little unique is that we have um, folks who will come for two years and then they leave for a vicarage mm-hmm. and then they come back for a fourth year. So you, you build relationships and then you, you do part for a year and then you come back for a fourth year. But, um, but there's a lot of mixing so that, so that while we're all in it together, your neighbor is uh, next year might be a mystery and mm-hmm. you get to know them. And then the second year folks are escorting the first year folks. And it's, um, it seems like it's a nice, a mentor seems a little strong, but you have yeah. older students or those who are ahead of you that, that point in the right direction. Mm-hmm. How does the food bank on campus fit into the needs that these seminarians have? Yeah. Is there, as like you're talking about moving on to campus for two years, moving out, moving back, where does the food bank fit in yeah. the services that the seminary provides? Yeah, I, I think the, the primary support is that um, they, in many ways, they're losing, they're leaving jobs and income and, uh, and resources. So they've left to come to the seminary. The students primarily are full-time focused on studies, so they're not working on the side. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, the spouse has uh, several kids or homeschooling or other things going on. So the income really uh, changes from what they were used to, especially mm-hmm. for the second career folks yeah. who have had decades of practice at paying bills and, and mortgages <laughs> and, and going to the store. So it is a it is a challenge for them when income changes, but yet your family still gets hungry. And mm-hmm. so the food bank is, uh, is a free service and we are open for uh, two shoppings per week or per month. And um, they wander in. We have 140 students and spouses and children, but 140 of the students that are, are on our campus come to the food bank each week or each time we're open. And so 140 people going through, goes through a lot of mac and cheese and, and goes through everything on the list. Uh, it, we're a... We're a small store that makes very lousy profit because we're not, <laughs> we're not charging for our services. So, uh, so, so the good part is it's, it's food, it's flavor, and it's a community event where people come in twice a month and they're interacting and they're, they're giggling and they're saying, oh, they have Rice Krispies or, or they have this or that. Um, there is a sense of I wonder what's going to be there this week. Mm-hmm. What is the, the golden item it's always sought out at the seminary food bank. This week it was chicken broth or beef broth. Oh. I had not heard that in three years, but all of a sudden we were low on chicken broth. And, um, and that was, uh, where's the chicken broth? And, and, you know, somebody has, maybe it's the soup season. <laughs> and, and, That's um, probably what it is. <laughs> the other piece is the occasional, um, 
uh, meat product. Uh, you know, you get chicken. Our international students love, they call it bone chicken, uh, uh -huh. dark meat with bones. And mm. so when, when uh, dark meat chicken shows up with bones, it's a very exciting uh, experience. And I, I'm spoiled. I, I thought the chicken was always, uh, you know, white meat, but uh, mm. that is not the case. <laughs> and so, so the, I would say that the hot items this week were chicken broth, which really threw me. And then, um, and then the, the, we had gone out and purchased some chicken, which was really well received. So, We are talking with Mike Broberg, Administrator of Residential Services at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. At the first KFUO Super Bowl, folks are bringing in more pots of soup to share today as we gather food items for the Concordia Seminary Food Bank. We'll continue the conversation on the Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golson. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is the first KFUO soup herbal. Uh, <laughs> joining us today, Mike Broberg, Administrator of Residential Services at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. By soup herbal, we mean we're having a feast of soups today and collecting mm -hmm. canned goods and other food items for the Concordia Seminary Food Bank. And Mike is here to chat with us about seminary life, what it's like for students, and how the food bank plays a role in supporting students. Now, we talked a little bit about what students might find in the food bank. How does this whole operation, now you said it's, it, 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 it has like the worst profit for any <laughs> store, uh, because that's not the goal of the store. You don't charge students for the food bank or for, for shopping in the food bank. Um, tell us a little bit more about the operation. Who makes that happen? Who, um, who because it's open twice a month, how do you, how do you accommodate 140 students potentially coming through the food bank twice a month? Yeah, uh, our key, uh, we have a, a director who's also a student and she does a great job and she um, she oversees the scheduling and, and inventories and, and checks dates on things that are donated. So she's critical. And then we have a handful of students that also help us because there, there are times when we go to a local grocery store and also do some purchasing out of our budget uh, to supplement what we're short of. And so um, when you're shopping for hundreds, uh, <laughs> it, it's an interesting task. <laughs> and, uh, and the local store, I, you know, I walk in and they always get teary-eyed, either joy or frustration. I don't know which, <laughs> but, there's a, but there's a sense of, oh, he's here. And so, um, but a lot of it is, uh, most of the work is through good donors. You know, we don't, we, we do not, 
we can't provide enough for the folks that come in uh, twice a month um, out of our budget or else we'd have to start charging people, which is not the goal. So donors are terrific. Uh, we have, we have um, uh, a couple of my favorites. Uh, we have a group from uh, Nebraska, the Orphan Grain Train oh, yeah. from Norfolk, and he showed up with 2,000 pounds of beef and, and uh, 1,500 pounds of hot dogs in November. Wow. And we barely <laughs> have space for it, right? But, uh, but he called and said, hey, we, wanted, we want to do a donation and 3,500 pounds of meat uh, showed up in, in three large trailers. And, and that kind of thing will extend its life for a long way. Mm -hmm. The challenge is the beef came in 10-foot logs. Or, <laughs> no, no, 10-pound logs. 10-foot is... Uh, that would be hard to yeah. freeze or refrigerate. But the 10-pound log is, is 20, 24 inches. And yeah. some people don't have capacities for that. No. And so, they're, so the discussion was, How, what do I do? And, and so they're all walking away with this frozen log of beef. And so... Um, <laughs> So well, we have we have major donations. We have wonderful people who drive over and give us two grocery bags that they've been thinking of the seminary and they want this to yeah. go, to go to the students. And so so everything in between thirty five hundred pounds of meat or uh, two grocery bags. Here you go. I was thinking of the seminary students. And and so. In one way, I think the food bank provides an opportunity for people to give, which I think mm -hmm. is terrific, and it provides food for our students, which is a real bonus. But it's, but I'm more impressed with the, with the love of the donors who who they often will call say, what can we do? And mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, there are specific things, and other times it's uh, we could really stand for local gift cards or even national Walmart Target type gift cards because there are students who have. Uh, special dietary needs that mm. we can't shop for, and no one brings those in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to us as donations. So sometimes there's gift cards that we can then offer people to say, hey, we know that your two children are, are struggling in this kind of area. This will help you with some specific purchases. So first question, yep. and then I'll get to the rest of what you said. How do you store 3,500 pounds that, of meat? meat? We, just, we just got a half a cow and like, yeah. we, I know how much that is, but yeah. that was only a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. How do you store 3,500 pounds of beef or we, meat? We begged people to come and meet the truck after, <laughs> when it was yeah. delivered. And so we had uh, somewhere around 80 or 85 students and families who showed up and received their 10-pound uh, tube of beef and, <laughs> uh, and a case of hot dogs. All the, all when the, so the truck, it never left, it never actually entered our facility. It was in the parking lot. They came, and so a good portion was taken. Okay. And then, uh, and then we, we have a, uh, a pretty significant uh, large industrial-type freezer space, a walk-in mm. freezer, and so everything else went folded into there. But um, if you come to the seminary, we can find hot dogs for you. That, <laughs> there is no shortage of hot dogs. Every freezer has yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, it, and, and people don't... Uh, uh, people have received the initial hot dogs very well, but after the seventh shopping day of hot dogs, uh, it's less exciting sometimes. No hot yeah. dogs, please. Nope. So it, it, you said something really important, though, that this provides an opportunity for people to give in a way that uh, they're able to give. So people, you know, we all go grocery shopping. So mm -hmm. buying an extra bag of groceries and dropping it off at the seminaries is a great way for people to be able to support the seminary students in a, in a very a particular need and yeah. a need that, yeah. that is very important. Like people need to eat. So being able yep. to, to give food like that is a really important thing. Now, 
talking about a donation of a large amount of beef, what are some of the needs? Maybe not hot dogs. What are some of the needs? They need that you, hamburger helper now. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are some of the needs that you have in the food bank? If people want to be able to support you, what are some of the yes. things that, that you do uh, receive? Yeah, a lot of things are the cans or prepared foods or mm -hmm. boxes or, or things like that that have a long life shelf. And so I think I think a lot of folks will feel comfortable with that. We I don't know how this works with a food bank, but we also take a lot of people who donate diapers. Mm. And I have never eaten a diaper, but, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, toiletries and diapers are really big. And for young families with children, uh, yeah. they're, they're coming sometimes for the diaper experience as much as they are for the hamburger helper experience. <laughs> and so, um, so we have a couple of friends who once a month will, will bring a, a carload of diapers as just where they feel their ministry is. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, so that's the interesting part is I think food bank and I think, uh, rock, uh, cans, beans, uh, stuffing and, uh, and all that's true. But but there are also, you know, toiletry needs or there can be the fresh meats that we can't buy or mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. Laundry soap, any of those things work. So household goods are certainly yeah, useful yeah, yeah. as well. Everyone, because there's there's 140 students who are coming for all kinds of needs. Hopefully many of them do laundry. And uh, <laughs> so I, I think I think the needs are wide and we'll mm -hmm. figure out how to get it into the right hands uh, once we receive it. How do we go about bringing um, donations to the food bank? How do we get them there? Is there a certain time, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it works well. Um, I think our phone number, 314-505-7029, uh, is, is the easy start because um, then someone will answer and take the message, and then they'll call back, and they'll line up times. We have times throughout... Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 to 2, where we have people there that, that are available if someone shows up with, uh, they just happen to be passing through or they were going to be in St. Louis and they want to drop stuff off. But um, but for significant donations, we need to have extra staff already. Sure. And so so that help, takes a phone call and then we'll know that we have somebody there. And uh, it it is it's probably harder for people to find where to go on campus than it is to come up with a time that works for us because, you know, we, we tend to steer them toward the Martin Luther statue and then, uh, and then we'll find you. If you can get near the statue, we'll find you. We have just about two minutes left. Some fun questions for you. Favorite soup. Now I know it, it, you had chicken yeah. noodle as a kid. Do you have a favorite soup today? Yes. I like the Buffalo chicken spicy soup. Oh. I'm in favor of that. Buffalo. What's in a buffalo chicken it's, spicy it's soup? It's all hot sauce and peppers and chicken, and uh, hmm. it's uh, it's. I can't tell if it's a soup. And my again, my my background <laughs> is water noodles. You're all set. And uh, but my wife has uh, a, a chicken and other things and beans and such that come in that I that I like. And I saw a taco one over on one of our tables, which I thought Ooh. looks like a good option too. Yeah, there's a there's a hot super hot. Five alarm chili sitting over there too, so that, that might be not something. four. Five, five alarms. alarm chili I, uh, sitting yeah. over How there. many fire departments do we need? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. yeah. Andy, what's your favorite soup? Um, I have a comfort soup, and that is the soup that I brought today, and it's a jalapeno sweet potato soup. Mm. Now, don't let the jalapenos deceive you. It's just <laughs> a little bit of jalapeno to give it a little bit of flavor, but it's a creamy soup, so it's mm. a comfort soup. You need 
Um, you need a good bread with it, a good hearty bread, and then you need to take a nap after that. And you brought the bread too. I did. Of course. Of course. Of course. Mike, what is your role in the kitchen? Are you a chef, sous chef, test taster? Boy, that's a, yeah. I, I'm glad my, my spouse isn't answering. <laughs> uh, I, I would think uh, I have some specialties like cold cereal and, and uh, barbecuing outside in the summer. Those are some of my strengths. Uh, other than that, I try to help with cleanup and uh, take care of some of the dishes and things afterwards and put leftovers away. So. Our guest today, Mike Broberg, Administrator of Residential Services, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Thanks so much for being our guest on the first soup herbal on the Coffee Hour. Thank you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldseth. Or send an email to gifts at kfuo.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.